Welcome to Kindly Gifted. I'm your host, Kate Tarantiva, and I can't wait to unwrap the world of influence with you. Every day, your gifted episodes, see what I did there, to help you become fluent in the business of creativity and learn the best kept industry secrets to creating an online presence worth remembering. It's really like having a momager on speed dial. So let's dive into it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So Adidas has severed ties with Ye. And I bet you're expecting me to give a statement on what I think that this is, how this is going to affect Ye's personal brand. Um, and I actually want to pivot away from that and bring awareness to something that I've realized um, very few of us kind of have access to because the marketing and advertising realm is very small. And so when we come up to the top from, you know, when you, inside look, you know, most people that are listening to this podcast have some sort of idea about marketing or advertising, whether it's because you're a social media influencer or a content creator, or because you're building your personal brand or because you have an, a business um, or some sort of entrepreneurial venture. And so typically marketing and advertising people, in addition to entrepreneurs and founders, are usually like below the surface, all hanging out with each other. And the common thread between all of those different fields, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're a founder, you're an investor, you, um, you know, are a marketer, an advertiser, creative strategist, art director, copywriter, social media influencer, doesn't matter. The common thread through all those people is that your goal with what you're doing is to solve a problem, right? Most businesses are founded on a problem. Uh, most personal brands are founded on a problem, whether it's a problem you have or one that you know you can solve with your gift or talent or what have you, right? And when you come up to the surface, after being surrounded with a ton of other people who are all here to solve problems and use things in culture and society to solve problems and and feature that in marketing and advertising and, and yada yada, you then come to the surface and you're surrounded by consumers all around. People who, if you are a marketer or advertiser or in participating in those industries, and you are essentially using people's problems in order to influence their purchasing behavior, in order to influence their behavior in general, because you want to impact them in some way, you want to serve them in some way. It's not all unethical. Some people do it unethically, but that's not recommended because <laughs> there are consequences for that. Um, and when you come to the surface, the consumers are the people that are being influenced by the things you do and make and say. And that's what I want to bring awareness to here. The first thing, before I really dive into this, I want to say, one, there are real people that are being affected by the scandal. There are Jewish people and families and, uh, and people's ancestors in their afterlife, um, you know, relatives, friends and families who are being affected and re-traumatized by something that when you think about history in general happened not too long ago okay um and to this day there is a lot of discrimination against jewish people and those of jewish origin um and so that is a very recent trauma for 
Jewish people and they're having to be re-traumatized now. The things that that you do and say really do affect other people. And this is a really great example of that. But I put up a hypothetical on my personal Instagram story where I said that I can predict how two competitors of Adidas would have handled the situation. And the reason I said that is because when you work in marketing, like I said, you sometimes forget that the things that you do and the things that are happening in culture that you're using in your advertisements, they're real things that are affecting people in real positive or real negative ways. And that's not something the consumer sees necessarily is the actual internal strategizing of, oh, let's use a pain point or a problem or a cultural phenomenon, positive or negative, to then influence purchasing behavior and take it as an opportunity to make money. And that's ultimately what marketing is, especially on like a really large scale. You know, a company like Adidas, not saying that that's what they're doing. I don't know. I don't work there. But, you know, when you're on that scale, it's just like when I say personal brands, you get to a point where you're like Kanye and your goal is to maintain relevancy and be top of mind for people. That's exactly the same thing. You're a company like Adidas or Nike or Amazon, Netflix, you know, what else can you do but stay relevant and stay top of mind and be strategic about the partnerships that you're having, um, when to end them, when to continue them, et cetera, et cetera. So I had a question come up when I said that there were two competitors that I could predict how they would probably handle the situation. I had a question come up and said, well, what are the two competitors of Adidas that you're talking about? And what what is it that you think they would do in this situation? And I was like, oh, fuck. But me, I don't hold back. So I was like, well, I'm gonna tell you, you know, I'm not here you know, like Adam Masseri on behalf of Instagram, where I have to like adhere to another company's um, brand values. Like my brand value is being incredibly transparent about the marketing and advertising industry and personal branding and helping you understand how this works, whether or not you do anything with it, you know, whether or not you hire me for something, whether or not you just take it and apply it on your own. I don't know. But my goal is to at the very least raise awareness. So the first competitor of Adidas, in my book, is Nike. I would argue that's the most, like, viable competitor to Adidas, simply because they they run parallel. Nike is all about um, winning. That's ultimately the subliminal message, is that whatever you will do, you will win so long as you wear Nike. I think I actually have an episode about that on this podcast. Um, And Adidas is very different. Adidas is about enjoyment. Adidas is about uh, entertainment. It's about having fun. It's It's more so athleisure than athleticism and performance. Um... And there's a lot of, of factors that go into that from their branding to their advertising to the strategic partnerships they have with people. Adidas is more creative, for example, and they value creativity. Um, you can see that in their direction and partnership with Ivy Park, Beyonce's brand, but also in you know the way that they partnered up with Yeezy in the past and how much they really did value the creativity that Ye had to bring to the table. Um, Nike is not really about that. Nike understands that they have really high resale value because their brand 
is the marketing and the communications that they sell. They are no longer selling um, apparel and shoes. That's not that's not what's being sold here. What's being sold is a story, right? What's being sold is just do it. It's the emo- they have a, a lot of they hold a lot of emotional value in people's hearts, which means that they have built a really solid brand. Um, and as a personal brand, if you're listening to this, you can learn a lot from really any traditional company when building your own personal brand. You don't have to like found a company to understand branding. You can do so as a person and you'll actually learn a lot more than than building a company because people are more comfortable to tell you how they perceive you as a person. Um, but when, if this were to happen to Nike, and I'm saying this because this this has happened before, not in the same scale. It had nothing to do with like maybe a strategic partnership necessarily in this specific situation. But Nike knows that the reason why people continue to buy is because they're so good at storytelling. They know that there are smaller brands making better clothing, better shoes, better quality items, you know, but they understand that they hold a very dear place in people's hearts as a brand um, and having that emotional value. And so that's what they capitalize off of. And if this were to happen to if if let's say, hypothetically speaking, Nike were to sever ties with Ye, first of all. I think they would do it really quickly. I think for for Adidas, it took a while. And I don't know, obviously, the internal structure and and why, the who, what, where of of this, of why it took Adidas quite a while to sever ties with Kanye, who societally is seen as somebody quite problematic. Nike would have done it rather quickly because they understand that the longer they maintain a partnership with somebody who is getting really, really negative reactions within society, the more time they give for people to start associating that person permanently within their brand. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what has happened to Adidas also, because Adidas is very much associated with, with Kanye and Kanye is very much associated with Adidas. Like they're, they have, an association and correlation in people's minds just because they have had a, a strategic partnership for quite a long time at this point. If Nike were to sever ties with Ye, not only would they do it incredibly quickly, they would also, and I don't want to say that they would take the time to create a campaign out of it, but I don't want to say that they wouldn't. In order to tell a story about the support that they want to give to the people whose words Kanye, who's to, to whom have been affected by Kanye's words. So they would put out some sort of statement, you know, that's very beautifully done, creatively directed, um, about how much they care about Jewish people and how much they care about what's going on. And it, the thing with Nike is that every single time they have ever dealt with a scandal, they have either chosen to be very specific about the situation or they have chosen to be very general. Like, we love everyone. We accept everybody, you know. Everybody can win here, you know, that kind of stuff. Either way, it would be a very emotional statement that they would give. It would be in black and white. Black and white always plays up to people's imagination and allows them to kind of fill in the colors themselves, literally. So you end up being more in control of how you feel um, 
when something is in black and white, it's just more emotional. Um, cause you don't focus on, on the little details. You come up with those details in your head, right? Oh, that person could have been wearing a red shirt. They could have been wearing a green shirt, but overall you don't focus on those things because you focus on the way people look at each other, the way they touch each other, the way they speak to each other. So black and white is a very emotional way of, of, drawing out people's emotions. And if you have seen Nike's commercials at all, you've seen that they use a lot of black and white. Um, that's on purpose. Um, so they would have put out some very emotional statement. It would have been heart wrenching, tear jerking, would have told, would have all wrapped up into a story about how, you know, together we can win. We, you know, we just got to like get behind each other and just do and support each other and all of that. Like that's, you know, that's kind of their whole thing is like, winning and when it's an emotional concept it's all about togetherness towards a common goal of victory um and so that would have been nike's approach they would have been really quick with it but most importantly if they were to put out a statement like that it would be and you could argue that every marketing does that there's always an roi for marketing right but one of the goals i would argue would be to generate sales from that um which is unfortunate to say, but it is, mar that's what marketing is for. You know, even when companies uh, create solidarity with a specific issues or align themselves with a specific issue, they also do that because they want you to know what they believe in so that you, if you believe in the same things, you will feel more inclined to buy. All of that happens psychologically, all of that happens subliminally, subconsciously, but those are the things that they that's that's the communication at the end of the day. I'm saying this as somebody who works in the industry, okay? So I think Nike would have had a very emotional approach to it. They know what they're good at. They're, they know that they're a marketing and communications company at this point. They would have really, I think, done a great job in creating a statement here, but also would have made a lot of revenue from that. Um, the second company is Reebok. Now, if you're like, what the fuck? I personally think that Reebok may play some sort of role here. I don't know what that may be. I have a theory that maybe Ye might go and try to take Yeezy to Reebok because Reebok has been trying to like save face and recover quite unsuccessfully, I would argue, ever since when Beyonce was shopping around Ivy Park to a variety of different brands, one of them was Reebok and there was some issues there. And she, um, she said that Reebok was racist um, and took... Ivy Park to Topshop and then ultimately now to Adidas. So you see why Adidas, it's very important for them to also make a statement because they very frequently work with visionaries and creatives. I mean, like Pharrell and Yay, Beyonce, um, and specifically like people who are not only creative, but they also align themselves a lot of the times with people of color or marginalized groups or women or just, they just for some reason have, um, I don't know if that's intentional or not. I'm sure it is. But they have had a pattern of aligning themselves specifically with creatives who are typically underrepresented elsewhere. Um, and so Reebok has been trying to recover ever since the Beyonce situation. And they've recently issued a partnership with Cardi B. I don't really think it was particularly memorable. I don't think it landed the way they wanted it to land. Um, and so they've had some issues in redeeming themselves since then. 
If this were to happen to Reebok, if they were to be forced to sever ties with Ye, right, this would have been their sole opportunity. It would have been a make or break opportunity for them. They would have either gone under completely. So I think part of part of them is, is probably really happy that they didn't have to go through this situation. Um, or they could have really redeemed themselves and all of the other things, all the other scandals that they had, all the other issues that they had would have been absolved because this would have been seen as like the worst of the worst. Um, partially because the person who said it said, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. I can say whatever I want, right? So part of me actually thinks that Ye might go and take Yeezy to Reebok if he doesn't decide to create his own brand, even though it seems like that's what he's been wanting to do all along is like be independent of everybody. Um, and I now I'm starting to think is the things that he said, are those things are those the things that he said because he knew that was the only way out of the contract? I don't know. But the whole point is that you are now seeing what we had with Black Lives Matter, what we had with Stop Asian Hate. We, this is an opportunity now for companies to hop on and say, yeah, we support Jewish lives, whether or not that's true. And we go through these cycles time and time again. And as if you're a marketer listening to this, like, I think the thing that is important to remember is like the things that we do, the marketing that we create on behalf of the people that employ us on the behalf of the clients we work with, those are like real things that are affecting real people. And I think it's important to be aware that a lot of our job is being involved in using these kinds of issues to our clients or employers' financial advantage. Um, and as a consumer, I want you to be aware of that as well. It doesn't mean that you need to stop buying from brands. Like that's not the point. Obviously you can be a little bit more selective. And I think that this situation with, with yay and Adidas has, has taught a lot of people who maybe didn't know before, or who were still learning this process that when you align yourself with a brand, a lot of the times you align yourself also because you believe in the same things do you, they do, you, um, or even a personal brand that you believe the same things they do, that you share their values. And so I think it's important to understand what the brands that you love and enjoy believe in, if that's important to you, or be aware of the fact that maybe that's not important to you and you really couldn't care less. Um, and each one is a personal choice, you know? Um, so marketing is there in order to solve a problem, in order to repackage something as a problem that maybe didn't exist as a problem. The whole point is that it uses problems to a company's or brand's advantage. And to think that brands and companies are not going to use this situation to their advantage, whether or not it applies to them, is absurd to even think. Like, of course, they're going to use it to their advantage because it's times of crisis, a moral crisis, where companies make a lot of money because this is their opportunity to show what they believe in, what side they're taking. And um, people, especially during times of crisis, buy very emotionally. Like, like moral crises like this um they buy very emotionally they don't always buy logically and so they'll buy from somebody just because they also say that they support a certain issue whether or not that's true so 
um, as a consumer, be careful and be aware and make the choice that you want to make, you know, and just be aware of the personal choice that you made. And as a marketer, like be aware that like we do participate in a very emotionally manipulative game and, um, knowing that there are real people on the other side of the, the ads and the marketing that you create is, is major. Thanks for tuning in to Kindly Gifted. To support the podcast, please leave a review, share with your friends, and don't forget to subscribe. Make sure you follow me on TikTok at Kate Mob for more creative secrets from the internet's momager. See you on the next episode of Kindly Gifted.